Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's your identity and is it going to have to change now that Tyson, uh, the agent is going to be number one? Yeah, again, we'll see where Justin is. Um, you know, we'll see where it is. Like I said, the X-ray was negative. We'll see where he is going forward. But uh, again, we're going to have to really do a great job of evaluating that, uh, where it is, and uh, and putting our guys in position to, to make plays. And and that's what our, our job is as coaches. Um, so in terms of the identity of it, you know, we're going to have to look hard and, and see how we can get the ball down the field, score points. And that's the number one thing that we got to do. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Can't get the ball down the field. The ball looks like a duck. <laughs> quack, quack, ladies and gentlemen. It is Gabe Ramirez. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by local Hyundai dealers on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday. Presented by BC Bank. And it's not a game. Illinois.com. we got a great day. Great lineup for you guys today. Justin Rhodes kicking things off with the pregame show that happens at 5 o'clock. So just under an hour. Phone lines are open. Going to be taking your calls all the way up until then. So uh, if you're frustrated about this Bears loss, that's what we've been talking about all, all night. Been here since midnight. Taking calls, talking about frustration levels here in Chicago. Uh, and Mully and Hall will continue that after Dustin. Got three get, three great guests. Olin Krutz jumping on at 7 a.m. I'm going to play a cut from Olin in a little bit. He talked on the post game about why... Cody Whitehair and Lucas Patrick could have been struggling yesterday because certainly they both were. So uh, I'll play that clip in just a second, but can't wait to hear Olin's uh, take now that he's had a chance to sleep and watch some tape. DJ Moore hangs out with the guys at 8 a.m. Can't wait to hear what he has to say about how he was used in the game. I'm sure it won't sound like Chase Claypool. And Big's time. 9 a.m. today. Make sure you're here for that. That's all with Mully and Hall. After that, Bernstein and Holmes jump on. They have Anthony Heron and Dan Wiederer at 11 and noon, respectively. Some great football chats going to be happening there. Then Parkinson Spiegel. Of course, they got you on your afternoon ride. Kurt Warner is hanging out with the fellas at 2.40. Mark Grody jumping on at 4. And then Jalen Johnson. What a game he had. He's jumping on at 5 o'clock. It's got to be frustrating for Jalen Johnson playing at an all-pro level and you're surrounded by a bunch of guys that suck. I don't want to say suck, but that are not that good. How about that? Uh, So it'll be interesting to hear him as well. If you miss any of it, don't forget, you can download the Odyssey app, catch the podcast version of any of those shows, uh, so that way you can hang out with them. I got uh, Coach Eberflus talking as well in the post game. I know a lot of you guys would be interested to hear what he had to say 
following that loss. Defense played well, didn't allow a t- uh, score in the second half, but unfortunately just just couldn't capitalize. Some bad turnovers. That's the one thing he did harp on, the fact that there were some uh, big turnovers. Losing the turnover battle most more often than not is going to lead to a, a loss, and that's exactly what happened to the Bears. But again, there's a lot of things that we're frustrated about. And that's what we're taking your calls on right now. 312-644-6767. Bears lose 19-13 in Minnesota. But what are you most frustrated about? A lot of things to be frustrated about watching that game. I'll just go to Ed. Ed on the road. What's up, man? Uh, What was your frustration frustration level with Justin Fields? Uh, I would say his inability to see, read the defense and see the open man. Uh, there were times uh, DJ Moore was running down the field, armed up in the air, wide open for a touchdown, and Fields couldn't even see him. And if you watch DJ Moore when he makes his cuts, the timing is there. You know, Fields just does not see the open man or cannot read the defense. Yeah, I mean, that's super frustrating, especially because, listen, the per- one one player that I don't want to be frustrated with the Chicago Bears is DJ Moore right now, <laughs> right? And when you see him putting his hands up in the air at multiple plays, multiple plays, that's a level of frustration where you are outwardly showing it. I mean, that's a lot for a professional to do that. It's one thing if it happens once, right? Like, damn, I was open. I wish he would have got me the ball. But we've seen it on several occasions from DJ Moore. I wonder what he's telling his inner circle about Justin Fields. This is a guy who's had, you know, some mediocre quarterbacks throwing him the ball. And I'm sure on this team he's saying to himself, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I'm the best player on this on this offense. I'm like, I'm sure, wait, does he come into the meeting? I'm like, hey, is this thing on? Yeah. Okay, guys, hey, uh, announcement. DJ Moore is the best player on our team. Let's throw him the ball. Here's an idea for you. Let's throw him the ball. It is frustrating. But what did you think when Tyson Bajan came in, Ed? Um, I was interested to see him uh, without any practice. Uh, you can't expect a lot with uh, not seeing a starting defensive line. Uh, he moved the ball. I thought his deep ball was a little weak, but uh, I'd like to see him another week and hopefully and see how he materializes. Yeah, it seems as though he's going to get that opportunity. Uh, Ed, thanks for the call because, I mean, a dislocated thumb? Popping it back into place, not being able to grip the football. I, I don't. I don't think. Any, I don't even think Wolverine will be able to play on Sunday. So it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with Justin Fields. But just go ahead and put it in the bank that uh, Bajan's going to be starting. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Gabe Ramirez here on the Plumbers nine one one Football Monday, taking your phone calls. A lot of things to be frustrated about. Dante Foreman not getting his reps, as many reps as he should have got. I should say. Tyson Bajan being asked to throw the ball on two of his first three plays. That's pretty smart, isn't it? Second and one, throwing a screen pass instead of running the ball up the middle. You know, ball security. Just, you know, Justin Fields looking like he he had been at the first couple of games of the season. Tons of things to be frustrated about. But what are you most frustrated about? 312-644-6767, taking your calls. Got a guy from the 847 say, I'm frustrated that our savior, Caleb Williams, looked god-awful versus Notre Dame. Uh, Caleb Williams. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, every game can't be five touchdowns, 500 yards. Remember, you're not playing the Pac-12 every game. 
And this is what you're seeing as a result of it. I told people, listen, I can't say it enough. I love telling the story. Last year, I did a college football gambling show with Pete Futek, college football insider, super expert guy. We watched every game together. And every week, he was a, Lane, he was a self-proclaimed Lane Kiffin fanboy. To try to tell anyone who would listen that USC was going to be good last year. But every year, every week we were watching Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix, DJ Ugalele. We were watching some of the best quarterbacks in college football. Hendon Hooker, huge fan of his. And there was never a point where we were like, oh, Caleb Williams is Patrick Mahomes. All last year. Watching with a guy who was a fanboy of the team. Still, there was never a point where we were like, Caleb Williams is far and away the best quarterback that's coming out next year, hands down. That never existed. There were, day, there were weeks where you were asking who was better, Drake May or Caleb Williams, and all of a sudden the narrative changed out of nowhere. The national media got a hold of the, of the Caleb Williams hype, and then all of a sudden it became, without question, undeniably, Caleb Williams is going to be the best player in the draft, and that's who it's going to be. It's tough. It's tough. A lot of pressure to put on someone, especially with the most important position in, in football. But that was hilarious. Uh, two two four says having DJ Moore on my bench last week because I had no trust in the play calling, and then I started him yesterday. Oops, now he's on the trade block. <laughs> that would be frustrating as well for me. Fantasy football, you can't get it right. That's why you can't get guys. I mean, was that? This is why you should never draft people on the Bears because the offense is just inconsistent. You don't know what they can be doing week to week. Fantasy football, you need consistency. That's the whole thing. 847 says, I'm frustrated that our, or excuse me, I hope that Olin rips the staff apart when he's on at seven. Make sure you're here for that. Of course, Olin Crutes on with Mully and Haw. And Olin did a really good job of talking about something that frustrated him, and it was the inability of Cody Whitehair and Lucas Patrick to rattle off some clean snaps in a row. And he talked about why, though, and I thought it was interesting. Listen to Olin Crutes on the post game, a short clip. Um, talking about both the centers and and what could have potentially been going on there. I think we all know what Coach Flues is doing there, and a little respect to him for for uh, having his veteran guard. We'll call him a guard, right? We won't call him a center anymore. For having his veteran guards back there, you know, and just not trying not to embarrass an, an older veteran player, and just saying, you know, trying to give another reason why you would go to Lucas Patrick in that situation, because I think we all know. They were probably talking about it during the game. Uh, and, and to be honest, Lucas Patrick came in and had a few bad snaps himself. Sure right? did. So uh, Bajan, Bajan catched a few of them and tried to get it out. I, I actually think one, the one on that interception was, was high too. So uh, just something that both guys were kind of struggling with. Um, I know in my career, Lawrence, that, that when you're going, when you're switching quarterbacks and quarterbacks are going in and out, uh, that can make it tough sometimes. Every quarterback has their own rhythm. Uh, it's no excuse. You still got to get your job done. But uh, they're, they're just trying to give reasons for why the snaps might be a little all over the place for both centers. Yeah, I just like the logic train that I'm having a hard time following. Oh, is he's still the better player? So even if yeah. he is struggling, like if I don't know, like this, <sighs> it's very frustrating. Well, they have they have a problem, right, Lawrence? Because they have a, a one center who. Uh, Lucas Patrick, I mean, plays hard and stuff, but but doesn't make all the blocks, right? Doesn't right. make, doesn't get movement at the line of scrimmage. He can get the quarterback the ball, and then you have one center who can make all the blocks, but is having a hard time getting the quarterback the ball, right? So uh, they have a they have a problem there at center. Um, 
talked a lot about, you know, where they spent their assets in the secondary and they let the two uh, last two number one centers of the draft go to the Eagles and the Giants. Uh, doesn't mean those teams don't have their own problems, but uh, they didn't go and solve that problem, that center issue. Sometimes it's the plan, not the players. I'm going to go with something that's really simplistic, and, and I'm going to lean on your experience to kind of talk me out of it. If I've got a player that's struggling with something, or if I know that that Cody Whitehair struggles with shotgun snaps, and maybe Lucas Patrick does too in, in certain situations, can I tailor my offense to not do as much of that, put the guy under center, or is that completely changing what my scheme is? Well, does, does your quarterback want to be in shotgun, right? What, what does Bayesian want? Uh, you know, I remember Chris Chandler, uh, he never wanted to be in shotgun. He always wanted to be on the center so he could keep his eyes just on the defense, right? That he, want, he was just an old-school quarterback. And then, you know, uh, guys like Rex Grossman uh, came in, and, and they, they did like shotgun, right? And Drew Brees liked shotgun when I went to New Orleans. But uh, sometimes it depends on what the quarterback wants, uh, what he's comfortable out of. Uh, I would imagine Justin Fields is comfortable out of the gun. But, yes, at any time, you can run – any play out of gun or out of under center. So it just depends. But um, uh, highly unlikely for when I played for a coach to tailor their calls to what the center can and cannot do. Interesting stuff from Olin Cruz right there on the post game. He was joined by Lawrence Holmes filling in for Mully. Mully did. Mully did. The Mully, Patrick Manley, and Olin Cruz. Just great stuff to listen to pre and post. Um, they really get into the nooks and crannies of everything. They, see things that you didn't get an opportunity to see, and then to hear them break it down, it's really good stuff. So make sure you catch them uh, after all Bears games in their post-game show. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score. I don't know if, I don't know how I feel about that excuse. New new quarterbacks coming in so I can't snap the ball to the chest? That's a, that, that, that sounds silly, right? Like a long snapper. Let's say Patrick Manley. I'm sure he, he could, if, you, if he was doing 100 long snaps, 90 of them, 92 of them are going to go right in the chest. doesn't matter who the punter is. And I think that should be the same thing for any center, right? You should be able to still throw the ball back there. I understand that certain quarterbacks have their preferences, like you mentioned, with Chandler and such. But Bajan, then there was like this like lagging thing that was going on with the Bears offense. Did you see that, Tyler? Tyler Ferengal producing today. It was like Bajan was getting in there, and it, it was like calling hike, but he was like leaning forward, and it was – and now that I bring that up, do you guys remember a couple games ago where there was like this weird footwork thing that Justin Fields was doing in the shotgun position where like he would like take a step towards the the center while in shotgun. It was really weird, and I'm sure they were doing it to try to help him out with something, but it looked awkward because no other team in the NFL is doing that. And then all of a sudden, now they stopped doing that. So uh, there you go. That's something that frustrated me as well. Uh, some more text messages that coming in from the 219. This one was funny. He says, uh, he said that he wants to call in, but he dropped too many F-bombs. <laughs> he said, I can't even call into the show now because I can't restrain myself from dropping multiple F-bombs about the coaching and the so-called professional team. Shout out Derek from Crown Point, Indiana, listening right now, man. I appreciate that. Uh, some more uh, text messages that are coming in about frustration. It says, Gabe, just call it a dumpster fire. That's what it is. It says uh, Another one says, uh, I'm done with this team. Sad that we will be nothing, even with two of the, <laughs> the top five picks next year. Luke Getze's got to go. Thank you for calling out Luke Getze. 
Lou Getzi's arrogance is killing us. Sometimes I do feel bad when we throw out those words. Matt Spiegel said it first, and then I piggybacked off from yesterday on Sports Zone on Fox 32. Uh, Lou Canellis, Spiegel, and myself, we were doing the show, and, and Speaks called the spade the spade immediately and was just like, they're just arrogant. There's a level of arrogance there, and that's getting 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 in his way for being successful. And, I mean, I could see that. I could see that. Last one says, Gabe, you're getting so worked up after I thought I slept this off. <laughs> could you imagine? You're going to sleep. You're thinking you're done with it. Then all of a sudden you get back on. And there's an over, somebody actually doing overnights on the score and, and, and making you relive everything. But that's what we do. We do it together. And we get the opportunity to do it right here on 670 to score. Phone lines are open. A lot of frustrating things. A lot of frustrating takeaways from this game. Bears lose to the Vikings 19-13. to Justin Fields, 6 for 10 on the day for 58 yards. Tyson Bagent, 10 for 14. Both had underwhelming days. But one of them has been playing for three years and had all week to prepare for it. The other one got thrown into the fire. So take from that what you may. All right. Uh, We're going to hear from Coach Eberflus on the other side. But I want to hear from you as well. Just like 773 says, the most frustrating thing was Mooney just standing there. Uh, during that wide receiver screen. Yeah, we were all frustrated with that one as well. What were you frustrated about? 312-644-6767. We will take your calls next. It's Gabe Ramirez on a Plumber's 911 Football Monday right here on 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. You're listening to a Plumbers 911 Football Monday presented by Busey Bank and It's Not a Game, Illinois.com. It is Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Got a great lineup for you today. Dustin Rhodes jumping on in just a little bit at the top of the hour with the pregame show, then Mully and Haw. Three guests that you're definitely going to want to hear from. Olin Cruz, DJ Moore, Brad Biggs at 7, 8, and 9, respectively. Make sure you're listening at the top of the hour all show long. Bernstein and Holmes, 11 and noon. They got Anthony Heron and Dan Wiederer, then Parkinson Spiegel. Kurt Warner at 240. Mark Grody at 4. Then Jalen Johnson at 5. And then I think Mark Grody comes back on at 6 o'clock for like a half hour. Uh, so we got a great... Great day lined up for you. Make sure you're listening. Download the Odyssey app so you can take us with you everywhere you go. And if you miss anything, you can always check out the podcast version. We got those for you as well. Uh, going to be hearing from Coach Eberflus in just a little bit. Uh, but taking your calls, Bears thoughts. Bears lose again. This is a game you, you probably had them like in your survivor. 
probably put in a, in, in your confidence pool, you put eight right in the middle. Thought felt good about the Bears beating the Vikings. No Justin Jefferson. Run game is trash. Kirk Cousins, you thought the rain was going to get in the way. But for some reason, one reason or another, the defense played great. Kirk Cousins, 21 completions. Lowest or second lowest output of the year. This man's just find, finding a way. TJ Hawkinson didn't even kill you. And he had like 50-some yards. But somehow found a way. Just inability to put up points. The issue for the Chicago Bears over the last couple of seasons. A lot of frustration to go around, but what are you most frustrated about? What 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 did you wake up this morning and you thought about it for the first time and said, damn, I thought I forgot about that? You're right. The Bears did do three straight screens on second and one. Terrible. Let's go out to the phone lines. You got Sean out in Oak Lawn. Sean, what was uh one of the most frustrating things for you after this Bears game? Well, I'll tell you, Gabe, it's not even necessarily from this game. It, it was just like white hair cannot hit Fields in the chest with a stamp. <laughs> so when they when Fields had to go out, and then they, they bring the kid in, and so they, they might as well bring the center in that can, like, at least he's familiar with. He's used to working with the backup center. The backup quarterback's going to work with the backup center. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about, and it's it's frustrating because – Listen, the Bears are already dealing with a banged-up offensive line. You saw Nate Davis go down. You saw you know, some movement at the center position. Your Kari Blasen game went down for, for a little bit in the middle of the game. So you're already, you're already struggling when it comes to protecting the quarterback. And, so, Gabe, if I may. Yeah, please. If I may say, it, it, it's, you know, everyone's talking about getting this Caleb kid from U, USC. Well, Notre Dame made him look like a clown, you know, just the other day. So, he, we got to, we're going to bring in a new savior now. You know, I don't know. It's, I, I'm frustrated. That's my point. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Sean. I mean, it, your frustration is warranted. PFF grades their grades, the centers every week. Lucas Patrick. First of all, Cody Whitehead didn't even register. How about that? And Lucas Patrick was the fourth worst center this weekend. Just to put the things in perspective. <laughs> Right, you didn't. Cody Whitehair didn't even register. That is definitely for the better. Yeah, but you like. I thought when I looked at the stat that like the centers would be somewhere in the middle. You know. Oh no, I know, but I, I'm just saying his rating would be so bad. It'd be so bad. That's why. Didn't even register. That's crazy. Three snaps in a row. Bajent had to jump like super high just to catch the ball. It's like, what's going on here, guys? You know who was two slots above Lucas Patrick? Sam Mustafer. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Sam Mustafer. Yeah, that's great. Baltimore Ravens center, Sam yes, Mustafer. Yes, sir. Uh, a lot of frustration to go around. There were some other things that really just stood out for me. So when I'm watching the game, obviously, you know, I do the Bears post game on Fox 32. Myself and Corey were out in the streets. And so, like, I try to take my notes while we're – I really just try to talk to Corey a lot and pick his brain because clearly he's a former player. He's emotionally invested in the team, kind of like Olin Cruz. But 350 reasons why center is not good. I wonder why I wrote that. Uh, but two sacks uh, in, the first, in the first possession for the Chicago Bears. Second one, dropped the ball and couldn't read the defense. That was for Justin Fields where, it, it, again, when, when, the, when the snap is bad, Justin, after getting sacked two times in the first drive, he's 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 panicking 
snap's bad. You get the ball, and, and your first thought is not to look down the field to see where your receiver is, right? We're like, oh, DJ Moore was open. Well, yeah, that's not his first thought. His first thought is, let me put my head on a swivel and see if there's any defender within a foot of me after I just took an extra half a second to go get this football. That's what he's thinking. Then he gets the ball, and then by the time he does look up to go look at his receivers, the defenders are actually within that half a yard that he was just talking about. So that is frustrating. Jalen Johnson just looks so good. Critical third down. and made a huge play there. I pointed out the fact that Dante Foreman's first rush for set was for seven yards because I've been a big fan of his from the very beginning. Love the Valus Jones sweep in the first quarter as well. Mooney did have a great uh, block on that sweep. Corey Wooden pointed that out, I remember. Uh, but then there was a, a, a series in the first quarter where it was three straight run plays with three different running backs. It was the wildest thing ever. You're like, what is going on here? Evans. Yeah. Uh, I'm blanking on uh, Foreman. And then was it Blazin game? The it, other? It was Blazin. It was, uh, hold on one second, because I, I remember writing it down in the first quarter. Obviously, Herbert and Johnson didn't play. No, it must have been. It was, no, Valus Jones. It oh, was, it was, it was the, the Valus Jones the sweep. Run. Yeah, the sweep. Got so it. Was, it. Okay. it was, in that, in that, that, that three-play um, bundle right there, it was those three. But you just think to yourself, like, what are you doing? What is what kind of play calling is that? Deontay Foreman was really, like you said, really good subbing for Christian McCaffrey after he got traded. Yeah. Pound Deontay Foreman. And when you're looking at the second quarter, this is a shame that this, I wrote this down, best play for Justin Fields. This is a shame that this is the best uh, play. Third and 16, seven minutes left in the second quarter. He saw that the play wasn't there, took off, and then slid about seven yards short of the first down. To me, that was Justin Fields' best play of the day. I saw that, and I immediately got excited. But then when he slid well short, I smiled, and it was like, oh, man. Yeah, but, what but the I, heck? I, I thought that was the right football play. For sure. And that's why I thought it was the best. You, you, get, your, you get your snap. You, he read it all quickly. Pockets closing. Make the decision fast. Everything was smart. And then you don't get hit, even though you're, you, know, you, you live to see another day. I got one for you. How about the Darnell Mooney 39-year reception? Because he looked really calm when he was throwing yeah. that ball like he did against Denver and Washington. And that's the thing with Justin Fields where when he has those moments of clarity, he does look good. But again, that's the issue. It's just not consistent enough. That's, what, that's what's frustrating, that Justin Fields is inconsistent. There you go. I figured it out. It took me four and a half hours. What am I most frustrated about? It's not Deontay Foreman. It's the fact that Justin Fields who I dearly, dearly want to be a, a top five quarterback in this league, top 10 quarterback in this league, the inconsistency is what allows that. But that's what we've been doing all day. Or all night, I should say. All morning. Whatever you want to call it. It's a tricky tricky shift. But we've been trying to figure out what is the most frustrating thing that you saw. Right? It can't be the loss. That can't be too shocking. But what happened within the game could be shocking for you. Uh, I will continue on with this. After the turnover... Uh, just remember that runs into the rush. Oh, that was bad. Um, third quarter, I mentioned Tyson Bajant. When he got in the game, everybody at the bar that I was at went crazy. That was frustrating for me. Then Tyson Bajant's two out of his first three plays, passing plays. That just makes no sense to me. You want to set up your 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 rookie quarterback for something good. I know it just blew my mind. The second and one, screen to more than screen to Mooney, just was ridiculous. And then. Here's something that Corey Wooten said before we get to this Matt Eberflus audio. Corey Wooten said that he thought 
the tush push for Tyson Bajan was intentional to give Tyson Bajan some love because Dante Foreman should have got that touchdown because Dante Foreman ran them to the one-yard line. And 99% of the time, you feed the beast in that moment. Corey Wooten looked at me and said, I'll tell you why Tyson Bajan got that touchdown because that's Lou Getze's boy. Coached him at the Senior Bowl. That's actually their guy that they brought in, and Lou Getze wanted to let everybody know that his guy got a touchdown. Now, that's Corey Wood, former Chicago Bears, saying that. I'm just regurgitating what he said. But it makes sense to me. That's your guy. You want to make him feel good, give him a little boost. But probably should have gave the ball to Dante Foreman in that situation. Some more play-calling frustration. Uh, But Matt Eberflus did have to speak to the media. Did have to answer for everything that happened in that game. And he talked about Justin Fields, Tyson Bajan, and the play of the defense as well. Okay, uh, first of all, I want to thank the fans. You know, they really did a great job. Uh, we really noticed it on defense. I know the defensive players were talking about it. You know, on third downs, getting loud. and made it hard for the, for the Vikings offense today. So I really want to appreciate and, and thank them for that. Um, in terms of injury update, uh, you know, we do have, uh, you know, Justin Fields injured his right hand. And, um, you know, we're evaluating it right now. We did take an x-ray. The x-ray is negative. Uh, you know, in terms of that, and then we'll see where it is tomorrow when we get the MRI. So that's all I know uh, right now. That's all I have on that. Nate, uh, same thing, his ankle uh, did not return. We'll see where it is tomorrow. We'll get more information on that as well. And then uh, Eddie, Eddie left the game and was questionable. Uh, could have came back, uh, injured his foot a little bit in, during the game. Didn't feel 100%, but he could have came back if we needed him uh, due to injury. Um, and that's all I have. I thought that the, the game, you know, played out, uh, you know, the way we wanted it to in, in some spots. Um, but uh, we need to do a better job with the ball. Uh, you know, we obviously giving the ball away that many times, uh, certainly at minus two. Uh, that's a hard that's a hard way to win. Um, and the percentages aren't in your favor. You know, so the defense has to get it out more. And uh, we got to do a better job of protecting it uh, in terms of that. But uh, um, good th- there's some good things in there. But obviously, uh didn't get the W and disappointed in that. Um, and we'll see where we are with the injuries going forward. With that, I'll open up to questions. Understanding what they're looking for with the MRI with Justin to, to see. Yeah, you know, so uh, with him, you know, he wanted to come back in the game. And, uh, you know, that's really all I have, you know, in terms of that. But uh, he could, just couldn't grip the ball to throw it right now. So we'll see where it is. Like I said, the MRI, that's all I have. Uh, we'll know more information tomorrow, and that's where it is. What went, what went into the change you made at center in the third quarter? Yeah, yeah, so the change at center, you know, so, uh, you know, Lucas obviously was going through percussion, uh, concussion protocol during the week, and we thought when, you know, obviously Justin went out and we had Tyson in there, we thought it was best for our team to have the guy that had more experience in there playing center. And that's, that's the position that we have, you know, that Lucas has played a long time. He's got a lot of experience in there. We thought that would settle it uh, down a little bit. That wasn't related at all to the snap issues? No. No, it was just more about settling down and uh, and putting a guy that had more experience at center. And we, we, you know, we feel good about both about both guys. And obviously, we've switched guys around uh, during the course of the year. Guard, center. We're going to have to continue to do that based on where Nate is. We'll see. Um, but uh, we like our our flexibility in there. Yeah. You decided a couple weeks ago to make Beach at the number two and mm-hmm. uh, Nate the emergency. What went into that? And and for a guy who's never taken an NFL snap to be thrown into it. Is that something you guys were comfortable with compared to today? Yeah. Yeah, we were comfortable with it. And uh, that's why we made the decision, you know. So it's uh, really, he created that opportunity during practice and, uh, you know, during the meetings and, you know, being, you know, we're evaluating everything. So he really created that himself. And we thought that was best going forward that he was the number two. Uh, 
Matt, what kind of impact do you think Bajan had just on the operation of your offense? You know, I thought he, you know, started out, you know, had, you know, was not uh, not great at first, right? But uh, again, that has, that's everybody. That's eleven guys uh, in there operating. But I think once he got settled down, he put that drive together. Then you could see what he could do. Um, he, you know, he could do off schedule stuff. He can he can escape. Uh, made a nice, uh, you know, a few nice throws there, and uh, you know his uh, his mobility is good. Um, I thought, uh, you know, his timing was good on a lot of those passes that he threw. You know, so I thought he looked good. I thought he looked good in that one drive, and uh, again at the very end, you know, in that, in that interception, again the protection has got to be more solid in that in that particular play, and uh, you know he can't put the ball in harm's way. How did what he did today affect uh, any decision you might have, you might need to make as far as him playing more quarterback if Justin's out? Is he still? Yeah, we'll we'll look at that. We'll evaluate that. Um, again, we, we we believe in Tyson. You know, we obviously had him at number two for a reason, and we feel strong about that. Coach, what's your identity? Now, especially now that Justin Fields is out, what's your identity? Is it going to have to change now that Tyson, uh, that Bajan is going to be number one? Yeah, again, we'll see where Justin is. Um, you know, we'll see where it is. Like I said, the X-ray was negative. We'll see where he is going forward. But, uh, again, we're going to have to really do a great job of evaluating that, uh, where it is, and uh, and putting our guys in position to, to make plays. And, and that's what our, our job is as coaches. Um, so in terms of the identity of it, you know, we're going to have to look hard and, and see how we can get the ball down the field, score points. And th that's the number one thing that we got to do. What did you say to him before he went into the game? And, and what, how would you describe his demeanor? His demeanor was great. It's always great. He's, he's cool, calm, collected. Um, you could see that out there. He was that way the entire time. I thought he had good command uh, when he was out there in terms of getting the plays and getting the plays out. Um, there was no really, uh, you know, snafus there in terms of that with the operation. But uh, we really like where he is. And, uh, you know, we just said to him, hey, you got this. You know, and uh, he went out there. And as a backup quarterback, you always know you're one play away from playing the entire game. So uh, that's uh, that's what he got. he's there for, and that's what he got called on to do. Yeah, before, before Justin got hurt, the offense was not going well. Was it – were you guys struggling with the blitz? Was there a difficulty picking up the blitz or – Lack of a schematic adjustment to the blitzes that Minnesota was. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to go back and look at the tape, but definitely for sure, um, you know, there were some protection things in there um, where we had to, you know, do a better job. Um, it certainly wasn't clean all the time, uh, but I certainly think we got a rhythm a little bit there uh, going. And uh, again, we just got to do a better job with the the, the overall execution there. Um, but again, we have gave ourselves a chance to win the game at the end, and we just didn't get it done. What was the coaching point on the strip sack for Tyson? Um, you know, it's uh, you always want to have two hands on the ball uh, in there, uh, but again, it's it's everybody. You know, when you're in the pocket there, you got to do a great job of, of, of feeling that and then riding up the pocket uh, to deliver the ball. When you have two hands on the ball, you, you're, you know, obviously the ball security is going to be better there. On the replay, it seems to me that TJ was able to secure that fumble on the sideline. Obviously, they overturned it. They yeah. give you further explanation for why they chose to overturn the initial problem. Yeah, I mean, in a game like today, there's not a bunch of cameras out here. Um, you know, so there's not a bunch of looks. And then when they do overturn the call on the field, um, there must be a pretty good evidence to say it's clear and obvious um, for that. So that's where it was. And they, they just said it was clear and obvious that he was he was not inbound. So can you talk to Justin after the game and how would you describe this? His demeanor is great. He's great. He goes, Coach, we'll see where it is tomorrow. And he was positive and he was upbeat. What do you see out of uh, Deontay Foreman and Darren's net that's coming in both from the cold? Uh, yeah, I thought we ran the ball well. You know, in terms of running efficiency, it was good. Um, you know, obviously, I, you know when he when he fumbled that one ball, I told him, hey, this is that's just one time. I said, you know, you got lucky on that one.
And I told him, hey, you just got to make sure you secure it the rest of the way. And he did. Um, I, I love the way he got down north and south. You know, he really did a nice job with that. You know, he created a lot of those uh, momentum plays for that drive at the end that we had. And, uh, you know, really good. And then Evans, you know, obviously we're, we're lucky to have him last year. You know, so he was, uh, you know, be able to put in the mix in a short notice and be able to operate. Um, so both guys did well. You guys were in dime a lot more on third down today. What does that allow you to do better in those situations? Um, you can just variation of coverage. Uh, you can do a lot of different things uh, with that, you know, because you got some cover guys back, which was which was good to see. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll base it on our, our matchups. You know, every single week to see where we are. If we think we match up better in dime, we'll do that, or we'll just play nickel. Uh, but again, that's a that's a week to week thing. Did you had only one target in the first half after such a big week last week? How does that happen? Yeah, obviously we got to look at that. That's 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 not what we want. We want to we want to target him. We want to be able to look. At, you know, obviously feature him. And I know I think he had eight at the end uh, total and, and and five catches. But uh, again, we certainly want to target our skill. No question about it. How do you uh, how do you fight the feelings that maybe there's some regression to creep in the locker room after having the win and then coming to have a loss like this? How do you fight people feeling big down at this? Um, you know, I just think it's uh, you know the morale of the team is based on each individual man. You know, we got we got guys that have fighters' hearts. You know, and they're they're always going to be sticking in there together. They, they they were at the game. They saw it. They know what what it was. You know, when you go minus two um, in a football game, it's going to be hard to win. You know, and if we would have flipped that went plus two, I bet we would have won the game. You know, so to me, it's all about that. And it's all about us doing our detail. You know, certainly we fought hard in the game. I'm proud of the guys for what they did, but we didn't come out with the victory, and mainly it's because of the ball. And until you, find, until you find out about Justin, whether it's tomorrow or whatever, what kind of preparations do you as a head coach have to make to be prepared for the possibility that Bajit might be your guy? Like even just overnight, you know, what, what kind of thing, what, what's going to go into your thinking to be prepared for that possibility? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we have a contingency plan, you know, with him coming back. You know, with uh, Justin, if he is back, that's fine. But if he isn't, you know, obviously we've already, you know, put that plan in place uh, with Beijing. So you'll, you'll see that come to fruition here coming uh, shortly if, if it indeed is the case. Now, I understand the, the notion that you want to watch or you want to see Justin Fields. He's going to increase his trade value if the option is to trade him there. But I, I, I feel like a lot of people would be okay. I feel like a lot of people would be okay. Like, let's say, let's hold true that whatever you're going to get for Justin Fields is going to be the same today as it will be in six months, right? Whatever that may be. So, if, if you can get something for Chase Claypool, people are going to clamor over that notion that they could have Justin Fields and, and have the ability to shape him. But if you told me that Tyson Bajan was going to start the rest of the season, I mean, at this point, there's no playoffs. There's no, you know, nothing necessarily that you're playing for. I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be like, oh, my God. What do you mean? I'd be like, yeah, whatever, bro. This is what I would expect from the Chicago Bears, especially right now in the present. I wonder how you would feel about that. How would you feel, like, knowing that, that Tyson Bajan would be there for the rest? Like, would you be watching these games? Are you in? Like I said, it would be exciting football. You might not know if you'd win or lose, but it would be an exciting game via turnovers from the Bears, trying to recover from the turnovers, maybe a surprising play that ends up in some points scored early. Tyson Bajan figures it out. Like, whatever the hell it is. might be. It's better than what I'm watching right now. That, that for sure. Uh, still taking your phone calls, though. 312-644-6767. You woke up, you took the sleet out of your eye, but you still see the scoreboard. 19-13 in favor of the Minnesota Vikings. Bears lose another NFC North matchup. Another game. 
and I know you're frustrated, and I want I want you to take out your frustration on the radio. Your calls coming up next, 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. Playoffs! We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. You're listening to a Plumbers 911 Football Monday presented by Busey Bank and It's Not a Game, Illinois.com. Gabe Ramirez, overnight duties, been here pushing through since midnight, all the way to 5 a.m. Got one more sec- segment. Got a couple calls we're going to get to before we leave, but I want to remind you some heavy hitters on the show today, uh, on the station today. Mullion Hall uh, got some big ones, of course. Their executive producer, Dustin Rhodes, kicking things off with the pregame show in just under 15 minutes. Olin Kruitz, DJ Moore, Brad Biggs. At the top of the hour, 7, 8, and 9, respectively. Got to check out Olin at 7. DJ Moore at 8. I mean, that's just, what a great grab there. That's, that's awesome. So, I make sure you're listening to that. Bernstein and Holmes, they have Anthony Heron and Dan Wiederer at 11 and noon. Parkins and Spiegel, three great guests. 2.40, Kurt Warner jumps on to talk about Tyson Bajit. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Mark Grody jumping on at 4. And then Jalen Johnson rounds out everything at 5 o'clock. Make sure you're here for that on our Plumbers 911 Football Monday. Again, Gabe Ramirez here. Taking your phone calls. A lot of people having different thoughts, waking up with some things on their mind. Let's go out to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. Let's go to Chill from Indiana. You got an idea about the rookie Noah Sewell. What's that, Chill? Man, I don't understand why they don't play on that defensive end. If they saying you spent the money on a middle linebacker, Sewell is better at end, outside linebacker, defensive end. When you watch it, they didn't have a lot of tape on it, but he practices again. He plays against his brother that plays for Detroit, and he's also a, a pretty decent right tackle, and they battle with each other. So I don't understand why, why they won't put Noah on the field. He's a leader, bro. So I don't understand. Let why me they, ask, why they let me ask you this, Chell, because I, I like it. I love, the, I, I love new ideas, right, and I'm always about solutions, not problems. But – what happens then with Noah Sewell at defensive end? The same thing that's happened with, with Robinson. <laughs> right, right, nothing. That's the worst that could happen. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's what, 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 I mean, what else could you, what, what, what's going to go wrong? The same thing? Come on, man. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, I, I guess I was just curious if you like really believed in him and thought that he'd be a difference maker yes, for the yes, defense. Bro. You got you to look at the lineage, right? I'm not saying he's an offensive tackle, but. Good Lord. Listen, I've watched him play a couple times. I think it was, they had some footage on him playing against, uh, I think it was uh, like the the Beavers or something like that. But yeah. he was a, he's a dog. He's a, he's a strong. That's all they say about his draft profile, that he's a strong player. This, then the third. He got twitched. This, then the third. He know how he pushes offensive linemen out the way. Man, put the man, and he has to play, bro. I know they're killing him just sitting on the sideline. He's a warrior. Let him play. Yeah, we see guys like Jack Sanborn, you know, making a difference when given the opportunity, right? You might not be the most athletic person, but you're a gamer. You're someone that can be be the difference, heart hustle, muscle, right? The effort that's there. And those are the two key components to a quality defender. And if Noah Sewell, we know that he has the gaming aspect, right? He is a gamer. This we do know. And people have been singing his praises since training camp. But we haven't heard his name much being called. And so maybe that that's something that they could look into. Probably not in the present, but hey man, like I said, I'm here for the I'm here for the solutions. Uh and I'm also here for the frustration. 312 644 
67-67. Let's go to George out in Chicago. George, what did you think of the game? Oh, man, it was a tough one. It was not good, not good at all, you know. I mean, I think felt like it was a winnable game. Like, we could have gotten a nice little winning streak started probably and hopefully make some type of noise this year. But, you know, like always, just feels kind of started off bad even before he got hurt. You know, he wasn't really doing much. And, you know, games like this, that makes you think, like, is he really – could he really be the starting quarterback for this team, man? I know he had been a lot of talks about him getting traded and stuff like that. And I was thinking if he does Bears end up do trading on, would it be also right to like trade DJ Moore and just get a whole bunch of picks and start a whole rebuild? Nah. Get your thoughts about that. Yeah, George, I wouldn't I wouldn't I mean listen, moving on from Justin Fields, the reason you're doing that is because like essentially you're gonna have uh, a number one pick in the draft, right? Or a high pick for that matter. So that's why you're okay moving on from Justin Fields because you know that there's somebody else that's going to supplant him. I think when you're talking about DJ Moore, you'd just be stuck in the same position you were two years ago with Justin Fields in that you didn't have a weapon for him, right? So I understand the draft capital, but you're just going to spend that draft capital trying trying to get yourself a DJ Moore. So you keep DJ Moore, you traded for him. That was the right thing to do. You know, you do have draft capital to shore up the trenches. That's something that you most certainly have to take a look at. Um but, yeah, trading Justin Fields, they're, they're not going to trade Justin Fields in the middle of the season. Let's just be very clear. Right? Or am I tripping off that? Like, am, I, am I really thinking about that properly? They're not going to trade Justin Fields in the middle of the season. Let's just that, that, kill that thing. But Justin Fields is going to come back and play, obviously, more games for the Chicago Bears this season. And you're going to be doing the same thing, looking at the screen, hoping for excellence, hoping for consistency. And you're going to get a good game. You're going to be back on the train, and then there's going to be another bad game, and you're going to eventually get frustrated with what it is that you're seeing from Justin Fields. And again, I I want to say this as I'm wrapping this thing up. It's okay to feel like that, right? It's okay to look at the stat line and say 6 for 10, 58 yards, that's unacceptable. It's It's okay to do that. You don't have to keep doing this Chicago fan thing where whoever we get, we then assume that they can be great. Again, we got spoiled, man. Guys like Erlacher, Jordan, players that that when they come to this city, we hold them to that to that standard. And that's what happens. And a lot of people don't live up to those expectations, and then we get down and out about it when really you should be looking at things objectively and saying to yourself, Justin Fields is extremely athletic. Justin Fields at times is the best athlete on the field. Unfortunately, He's just not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, and that's okay. Again, I, I, that's what I really want everybody to wrap your mind around. If you don't have a top 10 quarterback, you're not going far in the playoffs, right? And so if you don't have a top 10 quarterback, your goal, your sole goal should be to find one. And so if you know what you have in Justin Fields and you can say, okay, he's number 18, still better than, you know what I'm saying, 14 quarterbacks in the league. You're still not in the top 10, so, what is that? so what's the point? Move on. You can do that. All right, get my, get my theme music. I'm up out of here. It's a Plumbers 911 Football Monday. Dustin Rhodes coming up in just a little bit to give you the pregame show. All the crew's at 7, DJ Moore at 8, Brad Biggs at 9. Make sure you hear from Mully and Hall. They're going to have a great show for you. No guests today. Five hours. No guests. Only you. You that was in the car. My third shifters. My first shifters. Shout out to you guys for calling in. Got to thank our producer extraordinaire today, staying up, 
The Red Eye Shift. Tyler Farringall. Baby T. I said that's his, that's his radio name. Who gave you that name? It was me. But he got to bang his hat to the side. How old is Baby T? You look young, by the way. 22. Oh, wow. You know you're young when you give your age freely. Baby T, shout out to you, man. Appreciate you as always. Next time you hear me on the radio, tomorrow, 6 p.m., make sure you're here for it, all right? Mi gente, that means my people. Hasta la próxima, that means until next time. I am Gabe Ramirez, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 